Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of On the Grab podcast. Neil and Paddy back again for an audio edition of the podcast today. And what better day? It's one of my uh, one of my sneaky favorite days of the season, Paddy, or the off-season, should I say. It's the day where we find out when we get all excited before Sky Sports goes away and ruins our travel plans and changes <laughs> all the fixtures around. But it is fixture release day, and it's... Um, you know, this is our third Premier League fixture re- release day in a row, which is always good. The more of those Premier League fixture release days, release days that you get where Aston Villa's name is in that spreadsheet, the absolute better. Um, there's a bit of a pep in our step after a fantastic season, and this is where the hope becomes a potential reality. You begin to start throwing darts at the dartboard and saying, we can get three points here, we can get three points there, fuck it, we can win the league. You know, that's what today is all about. It's a day for abandoning all reality and creating all the hope in the world. And Paddy, I know, or you know me, that's exactly one of my most favorite things to do. Just abandon reality and create, <laughs> create a sense of hope every single at every single opportunity but how are you doing petty uh, i'm good neil that, that's why i'm here to bring you bring you back down to the <laughs> <laughs> back down there to the bump <laughs> yeah well you'll be you'll have a job you'll have a job because um i think uh that the that the schedule makers the fixture makers have been so far before the, the TV companies get their hands in it, have been pretty kind to us. I think we've got a nice enough schedule, a couple of bumpy roads uh, to be travelled all right in a couple of months. But, uh, 
you know, let's just really kind of get straight into it, Paddy. And yep. and let's talk about day one. We have one of the new boys coming back up. Well, one of the old, the new old boys, the old new boys, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Watford, obviously, were uh, went down in the season that we just stayed up on the last day. Um, bit of a stra- couple of strange decisions that year. Getting rid of their manager, bringing in Nigel Pearson was widely panned. He nearly kept them up, but they couldn't keep the momentum. They went down, held on to a lot of their stars, and Ishmael Lassar, Will Hughes, a lot of other players like that. They've made a couple yeah. of additions so far at the moment with the likes of... Um, uh, I think Danny Rose has gone there and they've, they, they look to be willing to spend money in the Premier League this season. But Watford away at... At this moment in time, a 3 p.m. kickoff, which is something we haven't seen a whole pile of, but I think we'll be returning much uh, much more often in the coming season. What's your views on Watford, Paddy? Well, it's a good one to start. Um, you know, there, 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 there will be a bounce. You'll probably find that this will be live on TV, and I, I envisage that we may not be back to full stadium at that stage, so we might still have the staggered uh, live games for the first few weeks. Depending on how the the Euros go, um, so m- maybe not at three o'clock on a Saturday. We we will wait until the fixtures come out, and I'd imagine that could change right up till a couple of weeks beforehand. And uh, as we found out yesterday, it might be a bit of a hassle for us in Ireland to try and get over there anytime soon, because the government uh, don't seem to want us to go mm. <laughs> anywhere outside the country. But anyway, mm. I, I had a, I had a little bit of a premonition. Well, I should I say a dream last night that. Uh, that we were playing Brentford in the opening day of the season, and we we were winning one nil when we woke, when I woke up Neil, <laughs> but uh, I think that premonition is actually going to be the first game that I get to, and that and that's probably why I was dreaming about it. But anyway, I didn't know what the fixtures were, but it was just it was it was in my dream last night that we were playing Brentford. So uh, um, I think we got a really good start. I think Watford, Newcastle, Brentford gives us a great opportunity to to put a, a run together like we did last season. Um, we won. Our, we think we won our first four last season, didn't we? We did. We were uh, we were top of the world uh, yeah. over the first couple of couple of weeks last season. And to be honest with you, you know, nothing else will be accepted from uh, <laughs> from the Dunbar household here, other than four straight wins to start. They've set the precedent. But uh, Watford away, it's going to be tough. You know, their fans. Course, I would yeah. imagine there won't be an awful lot of away fans in there. They're going to be gunning for blood. There's always one team. Like even when Norwich first came up, they uh, they played Liverpool in that opening season, opening game, and coincidentally, Liverpool played Norwich in the first game of the season this year as well. Uh, but Norwich put it up to them. I think they took the lead through Timo Pukki. So um, you know, you can never underestimate. Uh, antici- the anticipation that a new team has when they come into the league and, and that they want to show that they belong to be back here. And I know Watford haven't been yeah. out of the league for that long, but mm. um, they're going to want to show that they're not the poor relation in and around the London area, um, especially with Brentford coming up. I think there'll be a small bit of uh, jockeying for position there with all the rest of the, the London teams that are, uh, uh, the, the greater London area teams, should I say, that are, are yeah. going to be in the Premier League. But um Watford, I think these kind of teams are going to come up without fear and have a good pop off whoever they get first. So mm. we, we'll be um, we, we'll be forced on the radar. Um, there will be an element of surprise. There's always a couple of changes. You, you know, we're we're not used to watching them. I'm sure Dean Smith will uh, will be watching many of their games in the coming weeks and uh, and be on top of things. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit of an unknown. Uh, 
where where we're going into with the, with those two games. But he knows Brentford well, albeit they've changed an awful lot uh, since he was there. But uh, Watford, of course, you know the 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 stadium itself is very small, very compact. And you can get a really good atmosphere there. So, you know, it, it won't be an easy day, especially if we've no fans. Um, I'm hoping we will have fans by that stage, but who knows mm-hmm. what, what's going to come further down the line. Um, we've also got the... I think they still have Troy Deeney, have they? That's <laughs> exactly what's going to be my next question. Will he come out of semi-retirement? Because he's pretty much semi-retired. He was semi-retired in the championship. And Troy Deeney is still there. And uh, I'm sure he'll come out to try... They'll wheel him out to try and score a couple of goals against us. Of course like he's he'll, be on a, he'll be on a Zimmer frame jumping for hitters. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. They have... Um, there's a couple of interesting players there. Obviously, there is the... Uh, the old boys, the old Villa boys, of Tom Cleverley and Carlos Sanchez are there, which are a throwback to the 2015-16 team, I think it was, when uh, under Tim Sherwood. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Sanchez mightn't have been around at that stage, but uh, two old Villa boys that are there. And uh, Maurizio Pochettino uh, is a young Spanish player that is there for them also as well. Uh, who obviously has, uh, I'm wondering, has any ties, and yes, he does have ties to um, his father, who is Maurizio Pochettino as well. But um, obviously, danger men for, for Watford will be Ishmael Astar. Should they be able to keep on, keep, keep hold of him, should I say? Um, Andre Gray is going to lead the line for them in a lot, lot of aspects. Will Hughes, who's been linked to Aston Villa recently, still there as well. Shalaba, Dan Gosling, you know, they've got a couple of names there, but they will have to... Um, heavily invest i think in their squad um they've got a manager who's not managed in the premier league before in zisco um but uh you know it's it's definitely a team on the up and uh you know a team that got relegated and bounced back up straight away so definitely one to be wary of while at the same time i think is favorable for us in the opening game um as you, you mentioned brentford paddy and i think that's a really good one to talk about obvious the obvious connections we have with brentford are that Arguably, their success has stemmed from what Dean Smith built there. I think that might be fair to say. That arguably so. that, well, maybe you might say arguably it was from, I think it was Uwe Rossler was there before Dean Smith or maybe after him. I can't remember. It was, it was before Dean Smith, should, should I say. But Dean Smith really kind of propelled them um, a small bit further as well. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of ties there. I think that one, as, uh, that one will be moved. Brentford, Aston Villa for obvious course, connections. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's certainly going to be moved. And that will be... Um, probably a later kickoff or maybe even I, I don't even think they'll put that I think they'll highlight that because there is a lot of um a lot of I suppose uh I was gonna say circus but there's a lot of interest I think of Brentford being real new boys first time they've ever been in a Premier League and look who better than to than to showcase them than against their old uh, the old custodian of the club and Dean Smith. But do you think this um like they're the hipsters football club call a spade a shovel here. Brentford yeah. are really the hipsters football club with the players they bring in. And I think they're going to do, they're going to be this year's leads. We're going to hear an awful lot about them. You know, their their manager is charismatic on the line. He does, you know, he's a bit different. Um, and their scouting system is brilliant and they've made lots of money from it. And I think that's one that, that, the, that the TV companies are going to make a lot of noise about, Paddy, don't you think? Yeah, and I I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there with them being the, the, basically the leads of this season because they're, they're not dissimilar in their their style of play. Um, they're they're going to be a team that everybody's looking towards in their new stadium. Um, you know, 
they'll have a lot more fans in there than they normally have. Obviously, this is a home game. We know that. But um, just uh, thinking of the things that are, you know, people are going to attract to them. Um, unless you're QPR or someone like that, I think everybody has a little bit of a love for, for Brentford and watches how they're doing because they will players that we have with Renford's uh, past, <laughs> you know, there's there's many of them there. Plus, you know, there are, our coaching ticket is is formerly a Brentford as well, so um, there's a lot to consider in that one. I think I think it's going to be a I think that's going to be a real showpiece. I could see it being uh, Super Sunday, uh, two o'clock or four o'clock, whatever it is. Um, but it, I I definitely think that that's going to be a showcase with Sky Sports and it'll be picked up and it'll be it'll be uh, all about returning Dean Smith to Brentford and, and of course the players that we signed from them. Yeah, obviously, look, there's going to be a lot made of uh, of their style of play, which is fantastic. You know, it is an entertaining style of play. You've got Ivan, Ivan Tony, who scores goals for fun. Uh, lots of players there, Brian Mbwemo. You know, if there, there's a lot of players there that the Sharks are going to circle in the Premier League to try and sign. So it'll be interesting to see how they do perform at that Premier League, um, at, the, at, at the top of the Premier League, when they do make, make it there, uh, should I say. Uh, at the start of the season, but um, very, very interesting club. As I said, Thomas Frank has um, has a different style about him, and um, you know he's very uh, how will I put it? He's a very striking manager on on the sideline. But be interesting to see how some of those players uh, do uh, hold up to the Premier League. You know, I've been a big fan of Vitali Janet, who's uh, the defensive midfielder, the German defensive midfielder. I would have actually really liked Villa to go for him if they didn't uh, if they didn't get promoted. Didn't have the best like he wasn't wasn't outstanding in the championship um, in in the playoff final. But uh, it was, you know, he's a very, very good defender, a very good defensive midfielder. Went to the European Under Twenty Ones with Germany, and um, directly afterwards, they've got some good players. Obviously, Rico Henry, Dean Smith talks very, very um, favorably about him, and we we'll watched a very, very good thing on Dean Smith where he talked about culture in the team, and you know, he uh, he mentioned a defensive player that he sold for Walsall for one point two five million, um, that he had to maybe explain to him about how to be a professional footballer and he really kind of loved the way that uh, that the player responded and you know he didn't name any names but it just had to be Enrico Henry you know just everything pointed towards it he even said that they sold him for 1.25 million afterwards so uh you know it didn't take it didn't take Sherlock Holmes to try and figure out who that one was um our old friend Pontus Janssen obviously plays with Brentford there as well yeah. but they will be um you know they will they'll be well drilled uh, their style of football will be good, as I say, hipsters football team, and uh, be interesting to see whether they. I'm not going to say abandon their per their purchasing um style, uh, if they can hold on to their players as well. It'll be very very interesting to see what their transfer window looks like based on the new riches of the Premier League. But uh, I think that they will be fine. I think that they will be fine. You'd have to you'd have to think that they will strengthen when they come up. So it'll be it'll be. I don't envisage that they'll make wholesale changes, but um, they're, they've a big squad there, so there's enough there to to have a go. Providing on, providing that they hold on to their big names, which you would you'd have to think they'd have to show a little bit of ambition and do so. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I'd imagine that's going to be a really good game. Uh, I don't know how many players are still there. 
not not too many, I'd imagine, from Dean Smith's time at this stage. Yeah. But uh, it'll it'll be an interesting one. Um, we're not going to go down to every game and every every team in detail like we have done there. But I think, Paddy, let's look towards the I suppose the traditional um, festivals of football that we look to we, we look at. And obviously, what I'm discussing here is around the Christmas period. Jurgen Klopp's uh, hated time of the year because there's so many games on and usually <laughs> in German football they have their feet up at this stage but uh, the December period or the, the December early January period is a bit of a mixed bag for Aston Villa uh, start yeah. off December with a home game against Leicester City away game actually we go back one game before that and I think this is going to be an interesting um, alley of games for Aston Villa so from the 30th of November up until the 11th of December which is the lead in towards the busy Christmas period we don't exactly have the easiest run in we're at home to Man City at home to Leicester and away to Liverpool and you would have to think that you know that would be damage limitation kind of situation for Aston Villa there prior to going into the into the, the the Christmas period because over the Christmas period we have Norwich away, Burnley at home, then we have Chelsea at home and Leeds United away as well. So while it's not a terrifying um stretch of games for those two weeks between the 14th of December and the 28th of December, it's still one that we would feel we would need to pick points up on should we be looking towards a, a, a Europa League place or hopefully even better. Yeah. Um, and and in fairness, when you look across, the, the, there's there's only really two runs where we've got three of the big six in quick succession, and I think that, no, they're not identical. Sorry, um, we've another one in April where we play Spurs at home, Liverpool at home, and Leicester away, um, and and that comes just after we play Wolves away, which is always a bit of a a, a ding-dong affair, especially now mm. there's going to be fans back in the stadium. And it was interesting to see the, the club big it up as a, as a derby this morning on, on Twitter, yeah. which I was a bit surprised at. But look, each to their own. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of ways, you know, the, the first thing you look at is who you have first. Then then you look at the, the big ones, the Liverpools, the Man United. A lot of people would have looked at, at Wolves, as we said. Um and, and and then you start looking at the the, the run in and stuff like that. So, um, I I think I think our start has been pretty kind. I, I think I'm I'm happy with how the fixtures are spread out. Apart from those two, um, I won't call them nightmare runs because it's very easy to pick up the top six three in a row, um, and we only have that twice. So we'll 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 have a good pop off this. I think, and I'm feeling feeling very optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, and look, we were we were very, very formidable and we played our best games against the top six last season. It was the Brightons, yeah. the Crystal Palaces, the Burnleys that caught us in the hop last season. So, you know, this is the maturity you want to see from the team that when we have runs of um, games where we should be expected to get points from that we actually do, we're expected to do. We're no longer in the long grass anymore when it comes to playing against the top six. Um, you know, so some of those victories, some of those good points away, some of those battling backs to the wall games that we played against the top six you know they may not come along this year so we can't be relying on getting those points they will be the gravy on top of the on top of the the, the mashed potatoes i think here but you know at the end of the day there's no point having just gravy in a plate there has to be something underneath it and that's going to be your brightons your crystal palaces your burnleys um you know that you're going to play this year and and, and hopefully without being derogatory towards them, you know, that they are the teams that we might be picking off a bit more this year that we weren't able to do last year as well. Um, let's take a quick look at a run-in as well, Paddy, before we um, 
we wrap things up. So once again, the run-in has a very kind of similar kind of flavor towards our, uh, as our Christmas period. And I think you mentioned this as well. Obviously, uh, we start off with uh, at home at home to Spurs on the, uh, on the, the 9th of April. Um, I won't be traveling to Villa Park for our game on, uh, on my, in and around my birthday, which is something that we always look at to see. Uh, I always look to see who's playing in around my birthday i go to villa park but i won't be going over to see aston villa and liverpool uh this season and then we've got uh, that's on the 16th of april 23rd of april sees leicester versus aston villa in the the king power um and then we have a run of norwich at home burnley away crystal palace at home and we finish off then with man city which is sure to be sure to be a winner takes all for the title yeah winner (laughs) takes all for the title paddy absolutely but not the worst run-in that you could potentially have once again, provided that what I said previously about the mashed potatoes and the gravy does come to come to fruition. No, it's it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, I think if we're in need to pick up points to have to have a run, um, play Norwich and Crystal Palace at home and Burnley away will will be important. Um, let's be realistic. The, the the run will hopefully be towards European football. That's that's where we obviously want to be. Um, yeah, my my birthday is Arsenal at home. I definitely will be going to that one, Neil. <laughs> um, I always, always like to take a trip to Villa Park around my birthday. So, mm-hmm. um, look, it's uh, it's exciting times. It's good. It's good to be looking at you know as you started your intro. We're looking at Premier League fixtures. Um, when you when you look at this time last year, we didn't know where we'd be. Um, having been just going into project restart, we should call it and. Uh, we we were we were hanging on by a thread. So to have such a good season last season, and they'll be looking at Premier League fixtures again. Um, I think I think we'll uh, we'll have a little bit of a reality check and and be happy with what we have, and and be happy that we're progressing every year. And you know, there's a lot of big fixtures there to look forward to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I was already looking at flights this morning, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just teasing myself because, as I said, the government don't don't uh, particularly want us to leave just yet, despite most of us being vaccinated by that stage. But we'll just have to do what we can. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but look, I suppose things are moving rapidly now. Um, you being vaccinated is one thing, but more importantly, I haven't been yet. But it's opening soon for my age group, which is fantastic. That's the most important thing. Um, is me getting my vaccine over anybody else? That's the most important <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, but I know I can speak freely about booking flights because I know that my better half doesn't listen to this podcast, nor would she in a fit of absolute fit of the vapors. She wouldn't listen to this podcast anyway. Um, so I can I can openly talk about this. I know you're being coy about it because your better half does listen but i can say listen i'm going to book all the days i'm going to book i'm going to just book flights for every single weekend and see and then cancel as i need to um because i won't get in any trouble at all <laughs> <laughs> i do joke i don't um, believe that for one minute <laughs> yeah but there, i'm sure that there will be some good deals uh good deals to to, to be got with ryanair anyway john trying to recoup losses over the over the pandemic but it will be interesting to see um and i do hope that we can get over early in the Early in the in the year, maybe over to that Brentford game, as you mentioned, it would be nice to have uh, for the love of Palmer Ground tour um, for that because it's been a long time in the making, Absolutely. Um, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, long time in the making. Um, Paddy, there was other. There was another bit of news that came down the came down the uh, the pipeline, whereby um, 
former Hulk End hero might be making his return back in the twilight of his career. Very much so, the twilight of his career. Almost, you know, not, I, I think if you had asked me, would he be playing until he was uh, 36 years of age, I might, might have said no. But Ashley Young has been mentioned and been mentioned pretty, pretty, um, how am I going to say it? There, there seems to be pretty strong links towards it, as in even so much so that there's reports that Villar meeting with his representatives uh, over the course of this week. Uh, obviously, 35, will be 36 before the season starts, has played in uh, in Italy mostly as a defensive-type uh, defensive player. But uh, what's your views on it, Paddy? What's your views of bringing in an experienced player like Ashley Young? Um, is he... I, I'm I'm kind of old school, and, and my, my opinion is always never go back. Um, it, it never ends well when you go back. But I can see, I can see why it's been he's been touted. Um, it, it's always good to have those old heads in there, um, helping the young lads out. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've a few of them going out in the summer. So it's good to bring a couple in. Um, am I against this? Only on only on my logic that I, I, I feel you should never go back. Um I think he would be a good addition. Um I obviously haven't seen too much of him this season, so I don't know how his legs are and how he's been looking after his body, but he always seemed to me seemed to be a very fit guy. Um and if if we're signing him, you you would have to imagine it will be as a replacement left back, but also with the ability to do something going forward if, if we needed to make a change um, on either wing where he can play or where he has played in the past. So, you know, he's he's a replacement if if Matty Tag had picked up an injury or a suspension and he's he can also deputise on the left or right wing. So it, it makes sense, but... I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit soured on him uh, going to Man United. I never forgive people to go to Man United, but uh, it, it it does make a little bit of sense to be honest. But it depends on what the demands are wages wise. Yeah, I don't. I look. I don't think that there's any 36 year old player like he is 35. He's going to be 36 in uh, less than a month's time. 9th of July is when his birthday is. He'll be 36 then. Look. Is there any, uh, there's no player who's going to price themselves out or move back to the Premier League for that reason. You know, he's not, there was talks he was going to go to Watford. Uh, does he come in and play with Aston Villa and, and maybe mm-hmm. for a year? I personally think Dean Smith likes to have a small bit of experience in that room. And I personally think he would have liked to have held on to Ahmed El Mohamedi. But uh, Elmo probably looked at, at his future at Aston Villa and said, look, I'm only going on 33. Yes, the legs might be going but he's an intelligent player and he will you know he will have a few more years in in the tank yet and you know you don't want to player like you have to admire that players don't want to retire too early either because you only get one shot like you retire 33 you're never coming back after a year out of the game you just aren't it doesn't happen yes paul scholes did it but that's because he had a stranglehold in that club and you know elmo isn't going to cotton on another club because if he takes a year out of football so you know it's really I, I think that Dean Smith likes to have that that kind of uh, experience uh, in there, and there's no harm in having an experience, Ted. You know, Ashley Young, interesting one for me was that uh, Antonio Conte um, trusted Ashley Young in every single to play every minute of every single, um, uh, well, not every minute, but he played in every Champions League game. 
last season you know so he put him out there against the best horses in, in europe so mm -hmm. it, it was it was interesting you know that uh that, that he would do that he played 26 games in Serie A as well um had one goal four assists but i think the biggest thing with ashley young is that ashley young while even though he still is 36 you know he's still only a whippet of of, of a man you know he's not even like he's never carried any weight he's always been light in his feet um even if he has lost a yard of pace, he's still going to be fast enough to play play at wing back or even at uh, at right or left back. Is it ideal? Look, I'm not I'm not here and I'm not with the pom poms out going. Yes, this is signing of the season. I'm trying to come here with devil's advocate and say that I can understand why they will be going for somebody like an Ashley Young here. It affords us more money to go and and to make purchases somewhere else. Stopgap for when Kane Hayden Kessler goes another year. We did see him. Very good player, but himself and Seb Revan, you know, naive, naive defenders. Yep. And that's what you get at 18 years of age. So we don't want to curse. Like if you bring someone in who's 24 or 25 into, into this team, do they stop these players from coming up through the, through the under 18 squad? So um, for me, I think the biggest thing with Ashley Young is when you look at him and you look at, and I'm, Going to be slightly hyperbolic when I say this, but when you look at the way the Italian team played in uh, in that first game, and it's only a one-game sample set, and you see Spinazzola, the way he got up and down the wing there, and he was afforded license to get up and down the wing, just like Ashley or just like Matty Target is. Um, he was able to do. He was able to to limit the the leakage behind him when he got up there. But his big big reason he was in the team was get up there, create chances, create goals, create crosses, make himself a nuisance in the more forward position, like Trent Alexander-Arnold is asked to do for Liverpool. So the fullbacks are going that way. It's not really a pace game for me, and I think that Ashley Young will be able to do that in a limited sample set for Aston Villa this year, and you know would bring in a small bit of experience. So I can see why, why Dean Smith is doing that. And to uh, be honest with you, his statistics from when he played last year are very favourable towards somebody like a Spinazzola or somebody like even a Jordi Alba with Barcelona in his attacking prowess, even, even though it was in the Champions League and, and, and Serie A. So will it happen? I don't know. Would I be disappointed if it didn't happen? No. Would I be over the moon if it did happen? No. I think I'd, I'd accept it for whatever happens. If he comes in, fantastic. If he doesn't, fantastic. You know? I think I'd be over the moon if we signed Spinazzola. <laughs> yeah, well, Spinazzola uh, has only really come into his own recently as well. You know, he's uh, he didn't really pull up trees. Well, he did, I suppose. That That's unfair to say. He's 27 years of age. But, um, you know, his first, first couple of seasons at Atlanta... Um, then he went to he went to Juventus at uh, at twenty five, won Serie A, and then went on to went on to play with Roma then as well. But you know, like he's not been he's not started every game for Roma the last two seasons. He's only played twenty four and twenty seven games in the last two seasons, and he finished fifth and seventh with Roma as well. Now I know he's not the reason that teams are going to win or lose lose championships, but um, he's played very well in the Italian system, and uh, people have begun to know his name since the last uh, since since the last game and, and and hopefully he kicks on at the age of 27 he's in his prime but i'm not gonna I lie I didn't, I didn't know too much about him until last weekend but he really caught my eye um he's not your stereotypical um italian fullback no um, <laughs> there's the, the the system has completely changed to what we're used to watching the italians in in a, in a, a european competition or a world cup um, i think i think you said to me the other day it was the first time they'd scored three goals in a, a european mm. championship which is nuts. Yeah. Um, Absolutely insane stuff. Yeah. Look, and, that, that's I, just, 
I, I, you know, we're, we're getting off the point, but I think that kind of system it, it, it worries me about uh, about Ashley Young. Has he? Has he has he lost his pace? I don't know. I I, I literally have not seen an Inter Milan game, so I don't know how he's done. But they, they've won the league with him being more or less an ever present throughout the, the season, so he must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah. As I say, look, it's one of these ones that uh, there's probably there's method behind the madness, but this isn't going to shape our transfer window. It's not going to shape our transfer strategy. But I can understand why you do need a mix of experience. Maybe 36 is too experienced, and why didn't we hold that to Elmo? But everyone will say stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, maybe Elmo didn't want to stay around. I would imagine he thinks he can play at a higher level for a lot longer. Um, you know, and if he played for another three years. Exactly, yeah. So look, you're not, you're, you're not comparing apples with apples either. It's a completely no. different type of player. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think all the things you said, would you be disappointed? No. Would you be, you know, all of those things? I agree with you. Um, I honestly can't see it happening, but it's it's taken up so much new space. There must be something to it. Mm. Uh, and also, somebody said to me this morning that it looks like a deal was agreed with, uh, with um, Burnley. So, who knows? We, we don't know where we're at with that. Ashley Young to Burnley. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, look, it's all, all to be written yet. I'm sure we'll find out sooner rather than later, especially with uh, with the way transfer news does leak out. Um, but look, let's see. Maybe they just maybe they saw Ashley Young with a, a, a claret and blue scarf and they put two and two together when it was actually Burnley and it wasn't, it wasn't Aston Villa, but they put two and two together to think it was the opposite way around. Anyway, as I say, all will be, all will be revealed pretty soon. And um, that's going to do it for today, guys. Thanks so much for everything you do. Um, we will be back with more podcasts over the coming week. Uh, we've got a couple of potentially a couple of exciting things coming up over the next couple of weeks. Not going to go too much into those just in case they don't happen. But uh, thank you very much for everything you do for the podcast. Catch Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can catch me on at Love McGrath Pod. Um, and we will be just back. Before you, just before you finish, oh. Neil, just like to wish a, a speedy recovery to Christian Eriksen. Yes, it gave, gave us all a bit of a, a shock uh, last weekend to see what went on. So, uh, you know, he wouldn't have been a player I would have been particularly any love for when he played for uh, Spurs because he used to destroy us every time he played us or felt that way. But um, by God, that was a shock on Saturday. So, speedy mm. uh, recovery to him um, and thoughts and prayers with his family. And hopefully he'll go on to live a, a fruitful and long life. Exactly, yeah. And Paddy, if we remember rightly, when we were doing these transfer uh, talks at the end of last season in the short off season, yeah. we mentioned Christian Eriksen as somebody that could come in, and it was then ultimately we got Ross Barkley. So uh, Christian Eriksen <laughs> would have definitely come in and pushed us over the level, I think. But you know, speedy recovery, recovery to him. Hopefully, he does play football again. And um, but the main thing is that he's able to live a long and healthy life with his family, with his exactly. uh, young family, and uh, you know, things are bigger than football. But, um, yeah, thanks, everybody. We will be back later. And I think all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. I did it again, Paddy. I forgot to. No, here we go. Up the villa again. Pretend that never happened. Podcast Network. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.